these stupid Subarus with their boxer engines just tearing up and down this here suburban strip. Trying to set my listeners up with some bird chirps. Hi everyone, how you doing? <clears throat> I have not moved yet. I moved all my stuff. I haven't moved. I move tomorrow. Place gets, place gets painted next week. I move on Wednesday. Thus, content. I mean... I wrote stuff on Nas Reed. You'll get it. First week of July is going to be a lot of fun. <sighs> I don't know how well the draft will, will hold up, but I do hope we afford some contextual... Uh, I thought everyone did a solid job. I thought everyone did well to fit for... Uh, for need in that draft. There was a lot of that going on. And uh, if that doesn't hold up in 20 years, there's some gob shite. Is that one? Is that something they say? Mama Jamma, uh, you know, decides to, to pull up the transaction history and lob a few jokes. That's 2023 drafts way, fine, but I, I thought it was uh, ably done. I really did. And uh, the ESPN presentation was great. I'm off Twitter for those things anyway, so the Woj stuff didn't affect me in any direction. It never really has. Uh, but it was great, and Silver's getting wise to, you know, if there's not 3,200 trades happening, we could sneak in to tell you about the two that did happen. Old style. There was a post going around about the uh, 93 drafts, lamenting how the surprises are gone and how it was such a shocker that they came out and traded Chris Weber and Penny Hardaway as if that that whole month wasn't the intrigue behind that draft, if that had happened in this era, would have been off the charts. <clears throat> Shaq had happened the year before, and you had three, possibly four players, which were by all accounts top flight, would have gone every year number one. Mash Weber, uh, uh, Penny, and Maybe Sean Bradley, depending on how you felt about it. And a lot of people, I mean, it's weird to say this, but with Bradley, it kind of, you know, had he gotten more minutes in the beginning, it would have been a, a, a lot less bumpy, a bit fewer bumps. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, having to disappear to New Jersey didn't help. Uh, you know, the, the the embarrassment of being traded straight up for Derek Coleman. But just a guy that could be a five tool player and also seven foot six. You know, not a franchise person, but goodness sakes, Philly wishes they'd hung on to him 
his entire career, and Mashburn was just going to be the king. He was going to be Reggie Lewis times one and a half, and, uh, and when the Webb and Penny spoke for themselves. But the idea that there was going to be deals up front there was uh, no one thought they were going to pair Weber and, and Shaq. A, because we both thought those players were going to be like the first hundred million players, but also just they didn't, they didn't think they were going to pair them. They probably should have paired those two. That would have been beautiful. That would not have worked. That would not have worked. They would have not. Nah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Webb's all the famer, but he also shot like 54% from the line sometimes. Uh, and Penny would have made the Hall of Fame before. But that draft, they had talked about trades. The trades were no surprise. It was Woj and Shams and the rest of them did not ruin anything. It was not some halcyon thing with Bob Neal helping you through. It was just, it was like anything else. It had Hubie Brown. In the first minute of the draft, I went and checked, uh, talking about all the free agents that were going to take over that summer, and it was it was just as it is now, all full of intrigue and drama and hype. So I don't want to hear it. Do I wish TNT were still doing it? Yes, yes, I, yes, I, yes, I do. ESPN has a new host every year. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I just said Bob Neal hosted it, not Ernie Johnson. TNT did bounce around a bit too, but ESPN is just. You know, Woj has been a mainstay. Oh, geez, when did I leave? When did he leave? Uh, that was 17, so he's only been there like six years. Feels like a long time. Uh, just speaks to his presence, but other than that, it's it's such a bounce around. You know, like, where's Jalen Rose? Wasn't he the guy? Was he there during the draft? It's been a week. I don't remember. Uh, I thought their presentation was 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 marvelous, uh, and uh, I didn't really watch the second round. I had to go to work. I had to <clears throat> chop that down from eighty billion words to whatever the heck I sent you way too late. Go read it; it's fun, it's free. Think of subscribing to the Second Arrangement. I have two hundred eighty nine followers. That is no way to make a living. I do move in a week. We will try to be bouncing out podcasts all the time. We'll be writing all the time. We'll be having a good time. It will be kind of spare these next few days. I have no internet. I have no house. House gets painted. Uh, uh, but the July 1st goodness will be. Will abound. Uh, no Collins talk. Atlanta is... You know, you just worry with all those corporate, they have a half dozen GMs, they have seven now. They have seven now. One of them can hit a jump shot, which is bad because there are two ex-NBA players on amongst those seven. Uh, to be so dramatic over, we're going to trade his guy and then we're going to trade the guy that he traded for and traded all of our picks for. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't like it. So I got to cut up what I wrote. Uh, and we'll all push it out next week. We have a lot of other silly things in the hopper too. The coach thing is yet to come out. 
We're still going to finish the rest of the uh, worst uniform numbers ever. If you uh, are unfamiliar with that one, go seek that out. I'm not sure if it's a subscriber article. If it is, pay five bucks. It's funny as heck. Uh, and unlike a lot of the old ones, uh, it's not going to... Oh, no, the tweets are still up. That's, that's right. You just can't read tweets in a substack, which I... Since, like, the second day we did this, I forgot about it. I named the site the second arrangement. It, it just, obviously, it's got the two-fold meaning. <clears throat> and, uh... Because I've done all the blogging, all the writing, all the colonizing... And uh, it was time for something new. And I was the second person to ever get a substack. The first person was Bill Bishop. And uh, I can't say I'm a great disappointment to that to the substack founders. Because uh, the writing kicks ass. I mean, the posts are really good. Uh, but they were not. They were. They were not expecting 289 followers or subscribers <clears throat> when it started up in November of 17. But here we are. The heat of it all. Free agency about to hit. The draft just hit. I just gave away two articles for free, hoping to lure people along. Instead, that means people quit their subscriptions and uh, said, why are you giving away for free? Well, because I gave the last 30 away for free. You're supposed to give a lot away for free, and I don't. Um, <clears throat> because of that. Because every time I give them away for free, I don't get any subscribers, and I actually lose some. Uh, and I didn't get any subscribers from the last two that I gave away for free. In fact, I lost. I got the free subscribers. Thank you. You can hear this. And you could read those. And I hope you did read them. And I hope you are listening to this. Uh, at regular speed. Uh, but the second arrangement is a Steely Dan song. And it was supposed to be... <clears throat> I I'm not going to call it the centerpiece of the album because I think there were three of them. There was the writing A19 with the Wendell and that sort of new, are we going to tour with this? Are we going to remain this? You know, there still was not as much as the, the Asia wannabe tour, but just the idea hot off the heels of Asia that it may, maybe we'll put something together. And in my head, that's kind of where something as simple and as fun as A19 came from. Uh, and then the other one is Babylon Sisters. Because you don't spend a year on a song and just listen to that song and the way it's mixed and the way it, you know, one single drum track, Bernard Purdy comes in, nails the track, throws the sticks in the air, walks out, says, you got it, boys. You know my address. You know my P.O. box. And they just work around that drum track for ages. <clears throat> and the demo is is you know pretty well aligned with the drum track and the demo and how the song eventually came out. Uh, I'm not saying they developed surprises along the way, but they sure took a while to do it. So that's your other one. So we're bringing up three songs on what would now be an eight song album. And then there's the second arrangement. We don't know if it's Larue. If that's his name, 
the sad person. We don't know if it's who steps out. Uh, LaRue as in, you know, Barbarossa, some redhead. All this is going up in the book. But it's a painful song. It's a real cracker. And it's got a great hook and it'll stick in your head and you can tap your foot to it. And it's beautiful and it's gorgeous. And it's it's so sad. It's just, it's Steely Dan losing them at its, you know, Deacon Blues is uncomfortable for me sometimes. Because it, it's, <clears throat> I kind of, without meaning to, kind of turn into that loser at times in the worst parts of my alcoholism. Uh, you know, never picking up that guitar, but keeping that haircut, that sort of jive. But second arrangement is right there. You know, the routine politics of jealousy, just like no one's jealous of you, buddy. Uh, and just some crushing, crushing lines from the boys. Just, they, they do this fella dirty, but, you know, he deserves it. You know, they gave him a Jaguar, but the rest of it is, uh, you know, well, he's just working around that one drum track. So, yeah, I, that's why I uh, named it that. Because I want to write the Steely Dan book, because I want to uh, turn people onto this band. And uh, it was my only interaction with uh, Becker. It was in an AOL chat in uh, from a dorm room in Missouri to uh, New York City in March of uh, 2000. And I asked him if there was a chance they'd re-record or play Second Arrangement live. And he said, there is a chance, however slight. Which was the first time I really ever remember paying attention to that sort of turn of phrase. There is an opportunity, however slight, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, but I wouldn't hold my breath. And uh, I exhaled 11 years later when they played it in New York. And then uh, after concluding the song, Fagan acted like he'd just been asked to go up and do the Pledge of Allegiance by himself in front of everyone without everyone pledging along with him. It was like it was just it just brought up the worst memories that could have possibly. Uh, I haven't read the Expanding Dan newsletter yet. I need a certain state of mind for that. Uh, uh, but the engineer doped up a bit and uh, that shitty 70s weed and erased the track and there are various and they went to re-record it and they had just didn't have the heart for it and weirdly they, they, they picked out a whole new band to re-record it which was the wrong thing to do and uh Maybe they just felt it was an embarrassment to bring the same faces back and go, hey, we taped over this. We're the band that, we're the audio band. We're, we're those guys. And we're the only rock band you can remember that, that lost the song because they taped over it. Replacements through their goddamn masters in the Mississippi River, but they sure as shit didn't tape over a song. 
you know, there's a lot going on. Also, his uh, Fagan's uh, uh, co-writing partner who had some serious personal issues at the time. And, uh, you know, a, a completed song, it was making a safety copy, a backup copy. And, uh, you know, you don't have a completed song early in the process, mixed and ready to make a safety copy. That's just, you know, pre-mixed and ready to make a safety copy. That That's 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 taken on a whole brand new thing way too. They, didn't have, they did not have the heart for it. They didn't have a heart for a lot of things. It was they. It was coming up on the '80s. It was Talking Heads. It was what are we going to do now to stay relevant? And uh, they turned out what many people believe to be their best album. Uh, they replaced it with a song called Third World Man," which was originally cut during the Royal Scam sessions two albums before. Uh, changed the lyrics around to make it a little more uh, uh, post Nightline, post Copple palatable. And, uh, you know, the difference between 1976 and 1980, you're with me, newspaper readers. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, kept it. Big Barry Carlton solo on Finn Myers. Like, I didn't play a solo on any songs, let alone what the hell is Third World Man. But it's a beautiful solo. And it's how it ended in a sad, twisted, fade out sort of way. The first. And presumably for a while, only Steely Dan era is with the fade out of Third World Man, which song they didn't mean for the album, guitar solo from three years earlier, and uh, you know, not 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 sad, just uh, the best they could do. You know, these are 30-year-olds. 30 is different. 30 is weird. 30 is odd. 30 is, is what now? And, uh... I needed a break. Hey, buddy. What's up, straight Cat? So yeah, I encourage everyone to go listen to it. It is, uh, it's a heartbreaker. It, it really is. Uh, not in a sad. Again, it, it, nothing is spelled out for you with these two. It's all. Uh, and you're gonna have to give it like thirty listens too. That is kind of the admitted problem with Steely Dan. Is you gotta kind of, kind of melt that. So I'm 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 just so happy it's out, and it's been out forever. Uh, the first time I heard it was 1998, on a MP3 clip download off of someone's Steely Dan website. Right click and save onto my compact desktop, and uh, there were various uh, Napster bits going in there, and. Uh, there are a couple of YouTube videos if you want to look at them about the history of, you know, what what this 15-second crack is and who's on this, you know, which the, which is the re-recorded one. The one that just came out, I believe, is the re-recorded one they didn't use. And uh, the one that also, or, or excuse me, the one that just came out is the, is, is the safety copy of the one that was taken off. And the one that they didn't 
Hughes has been out there forever, and they're all tremendous. The whole of Gaucho has a second album, basically called The Second Gaucho, and it's filled with outtakes that are as good as anything you'll ever hear. There's a song called Cooley Baba, K-U-L-E-E, Baba, B-A-B-A, and it's just the weirdest, strangest, uh, most menacing oddness you've ever heard i love it it's it'll it's it sticks with you any version of there's a piano demo and then there's a full band thing which is just weird and it the lyrics are not too you know obscene or obscure it's just a pretty rather super simple tale of a, of a television producer a uh, bit of a look at me type uh going around and exploiting various cultures for their uh for their oddness to the tune of uh a disco beat uh but weird weird disco just uh steve gadd is back on drums and i highly encourage checking out listening to it a lot it is it is unlike anything that they've done and uh and the lyrics are funny and uh the lyrics are hilarious there's another song called I Can't Write Home About You. There's another song called Talk About My Home, which was originally a song called Mega Shine City that they tried off their first album. Uh, and I know I'm forgetting a couple of others. Oh, there's The Bear, but that might be an Asia song. Um, but Second Arrangement is it, it is a heartbreaker. It is an absolute heartbreaker. I, I'm not going to... be. Conv- I'm not going to try to convince you it would have been their number one biggest hit outselling rookie... Uh, uh, reeling in the Ricky don't do it again numbers uh, you know those are three pretty profound single sellers and 1980 was a was a weird you know Gaucho sold a ton but there was an at, there was a definite uh, uh, recession in, in uh, album sales in I think it was like 80 or 81 and uh, just sick, sick, weird stuff. Becker had to, Becker pushed the person who shall remain anonymous that he, whom he was walking with out of the way. This will be a lighter, easier to push person, possibly female, uh, and got hit by a cab. <clears throat> uh, his quote about that in the New York Times is the title of that book, which I don't have, which I'd, I'd love to see someday. Uh, um, cab was turning, rushing, <coughs> going, running up to the curb. This is outside the Dakota, the famous Dakota, infamous Dakota uh, apartments outside uh, Central Park, and uh, crushed his uh, leg, the cab did, in between the curb and the cab, and uh, he noted that the cab and him were uh, trying to occupy the same space at the same time, which is just, a, a, you know, an impossibility in this uh, dimension. And he goes, we're, we're quantum criminals, uh, which is funny. Also, his girlfriend died from an overdose, and her mom sued him during that time. And, uh, yeah, he had to detox in a hospital. And uh, try to mix an album from a hospital bed. You know, there's a reason he moved to Hawaii right after it ended.
We get into the house this week. Yesterday I had to move all the LPs. I have a lot of LPs. I do not have a consistent, you know, some are in Tupperware, some are in boxes with a reasonable amount of long playing vinyl records in there. Some are just a lot. And uh, it's a, it, it was a lot. And uh, ibuprofen is good in reasonable, reasonable amounts. And uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. It was supposed to be painted the other day. Now I'm going to be painted next week. We will be in a house next week. We will be sleeping there in two days. Wednesday and Thursday. For those of you just checking now, in now, I've been living with my parents since last summer. My wife and I, both in our 40s. My parents have been kind enough to accommodate us because we had a house, lost it, had a house, lost a court case for it, and then had a house and got it. Not because we have money or because the market turned in our favor, but because my wife is a hairstylist. You long-time listeners have heard this story several times. And uh, one of her clients sold this to it. She, she had just bought a tiny piece of junk house and, and made it all nice and sold it to us for a market price. And that's how we lucked into having a house in this market. It is obscene what has happened out there and what is happening out there and the abject lack of housing across this nation. Uh, but yeah, them records were heavy. So we'll be set up eventually, and we're very excited, and I'm very happy. And my parents have been very nice, but at some point... Hey, I invented sports blogging! Doesn't, doesn't cut it. Just, just get out. You're in your 40s. That's me talking. That's what I would do. If my son invented sports blogging, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say those words out loud at all. I wouldn't be like, well, the quote block quote set up in the template and I'm sure there are others or Andy Dolan. There was uh I was mostly just Andy Dolan. But, you know, with the bootleg sports and then the Fox Sports after that and then, you know, that just just don't. I wouldn't say that about my kid. I'd be like, he's a he's a writer. He does a lot of things. When I talk about how tall he was. Never did not get a uh, moving set of movers. Had a moving truck for a day. Moved in 2017. No, moved in 2018. No movers. That was painful. Moved in 2020. No movers. That was painful. Moved 2022. No movers. That was painful. Moved last week. No movers. Just my wife and I. Mostly me. And you've seen me. And it was painful. The, uh... 
but I, I don't think I, ha I have to do that again. So what are we shooting for entering uh, July 1st? Like, where do you think these teams think they are? Who do you think they is? I am. I mean, does everyone really think they are? There's not another Jerry and Grant joke. There have been a lot of Jerry and Grant jokes this week, but like Jeremy Grant, excuse me. Uh, does everyone think they're one player away from taking down Denver? Or just being in a situation where like Jamal Murray might sprain an ankle and still play, but not be, you know, it's just, is, is that where we're at? I get that vibe. I get that feeling. That's present in every summer, in every offseason. But you have a whole generation that has grown up, general managers, new owners, old owners, <clears throat> plus us observers, uh, dealing with the idea that there is a group of two or maybe three that are just so besotted with all-stars and all-NBA types that it's just going to be them. And it ain't that. So how will the approach work? Will there be, uh, I mean, is this two to three to four draft pick thing going to keep happening? Is the idea that we're going to throw six swaps and six second round picks, is, is that... Is that just for Isaiah? I feel like there's just enough pushback and so little obvious talent that needs to move that it's not going to look terribly different next year. But it will be fun and telling just as it was with the Boston, Washington, Memphis trade, to see where they end up. Not not because of an obvious thing like the Brogdon deal, but the to me, the Brogdon can't trade him, don't like his medicals, is, you know, that's a good microcosm way to explain symptomatic, whatever word I'd use after edits, a way of looking at the entire scene. It's, it's once the bargain is done, and three teams don't get exactly what they want, but they're still pretty happy, but the deal has to be done, I feel like we're going to get a, a bit of that this summer. Not teams holding off and just not making the deals, but just the idea that you may have to break a few hearts in these deals. Not to trade an all-time Celtic with green hair out of Boston, but just there's going to be some loss here. It's not going to be genius time. Uh, I think these GMs are game for that. Based on what the draft looked like. Uh, the Damien thing is different. Damien, you know, he's not as unique as Curry or Westbrook. That is not to diminish his greatness, nor his... Uh, uh, presence as an all-time first-teamer, great player, 
in many years on par with Curry and in in most seasons I, I'm sure at this point you'll agree superior to Westbrook uh, but he is an orthodox point guard you can just pick and roll to death and you don't have to make him score 30 points a game but it will be a huge adjustment. Miami is not a good fit for him. Uh, you, you thought Stott's playbook was a, was a bit uh, was a bit of a read. And then failing that, you know who is dying for? You know, it's not a quarterback; it's a point guard. Quarterbacks come in and control. Point guards are huge, but they're just one of five. And you can make them 20% if you work really hard and you're really strong on defense. You can make that big lug nut at, at center power forward be just as uh... the birds are coming. They're, it's happening. Or as a quarterback, you can just go get a 38-year-old. Go, yeah, he's 38, but it's... Come on. It's... It's Joe Twinnington, Super Bowl XR, L92 MVP. He's going to Disneyland. Remember him? So we're going to bring in Twinnington for a year. We're going to send him a fifth-round pick or whatever these NFL weirdos like. Uh, basketball, it ain't fat. It ain't fat. It ain't fat. Well, they won't be a, a, a chunk of wood in the in the door. He won't be, a, he won't be getting in the way. We have a front door that doesn't need a, any sort of stop. Any sort of just opens up all the way and just sort of is really good. And we've got the nice, uh, you know, front door leads to the back door. Just a good straight line for your windy days. Where is it? Upper West Side. Uh it's, there's just not a lot of easy movement, and that's why these players oftentimes end up on these other superstar teams because it's like the only sort of setup and scenario that they can manage and understand and work with is that my turn, your turn thing. I'm sure Spo will be the first to tell you that his time with Wade and LeBron was not the, the, his, his finest hour with the playbook. And ball movement and all that. It was, it was, it, it, they did a tremendous job, the players and the coaching staff there. But two usage hounds in the perimeter, it's, it's a lot. And this Phoenix thing is just, they pull back on Aiden because, as we wrote, no one's going to step forward and make Phoenix's day. Like, NBA teams will still do that. I don't know if that's still the place in baseball because it's, it's such a wide field and you got the minors and there's so many. But with basketball, you know, no, don't give them a point guard. Let's make them eat their, you know what? You've already said the S word like 80 times, Callie. Eat their shoot with, uh, with campaign. Don't send them a power forward that can rebound and shoot three. Don't, don't do that. Do not make their day. 
But the good thing is, if these teams had those to send, they would not be trading for a center because the centers, centers are weird, and you don't really need them. At least not that kind. But he's so young, and all he's ever known is that state. Like, he had to drive a block to go from school to the pros. Like that Fat Albert episode where they move like a block. Hey, hey, hey. So I feel terrible for Suns fans, and I genuinely feel bad for Booker and Durant. But I don't know if, if, uh, I mean, that's not a team. That's not a team. And it's all swaps, and it's all... <laughs> I mean, you own an NBA team. You could be friends with a lot of jocks. They'll be your friend. Be like, oh, I'm a, I'm, yeah, I'm a dweeb, but I'm a billionaire, and I own an NBA team. And, oh, I was a walk-on, too. Like, you can do better than Isaiah Thomas. Look at Jerry and Elaine. They got Keith Hernandez. Okay? Yeah, he was with Cleveland at the time. But I think Hernandez is a Hall of Famer. So you can, you can get better buddies. You know, I'm not as in love with, with let's now make J.J. Redick an NBA person. Let's, let's put him in charge of the draft now because he says, because <laughs> he pays more attention in the NBA than, what's that guy's name, Michael? Is it, is it, is he mad? Is it Mad Dog? When did Mad Dog, when did, But go be his buddy. Because even J.J. Reddick will be like, no, you need to get like a Jeff Green type. And, uh, you know, you see how they're able to come. You know what? How about like Armani Morris? What do you feel? How do you feel? Just go find another superstar friend besides Isaiah. What's Isaiah on without you? NBA TV? Hanging out with, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but those aren't Hall of Famers. There, they're all stars. They're and they're and they're fine analysts. But Isaiah doesn't need that, and he's still going there. This street sweeper is going to come by in times just so I don't have to defame Brendan Haywood or Steve Smith. You know, I came out here for bird sounds. I remember writing when I say it traded for Steve. <laughs> he traded for Steve Francis. He had Stefan Marbury. And he traded for Steve Francis. And it was just, this is, this is. Just he and Larry were in some sort of, uh, 
So good luck, Phoenix. You, your, your problem was passing and defense, and you traded for a 30-something-year-old shooting guard who can get you 30 on, on 16 shots. Uh, and d- doesn't Devin Booker play shooting guard? I Listen, you guys, you've got an idea. And it's Zach Curry next to Eddie Curry and Zach Randolph next to Eddie Curry in the same backcourt. That's why Isaiah blocks me on Twitter. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy that the Beal scenario exhausted itself, as we wrote. We don't think Washington did its best job, but we took a bit out of a Tommy Shepard out, let's just say. Right now, he completely, he, he was a bad job. He did a bad job. And if he was under the the direction of ownership, you know, you still can do better. You know, stand up to ownership and go, I can I can do this and not have to give Bradley Bill this, or I'm not going to give him the full five units. You can just do a trillion different things that aren't even the no-trade clause, which, you know, probably saved you from paying Tyler Hero way too much. And that's going to get out of the way. And maybe the Dame stuff will figure it out soon. Itself out soon. I'm not as annoyed with Dame as others because, especially these last few weeks, months, I guess, in the chase of this house and chasing the way to fill it up. Uh, I haven't, I just haven't, outside of reading Sean Hikensworth, have not. Uh, kept up with all his, like, I don't care. <clears throat> He's a rich guy that wants to talk on things and he gets asked questions. Like, I just I just don't care. Is he being <sighs> cake and eat it too? Well, yeah. You know, people change their minds. Kobe wanted to be traded from the Lakers and then he said, no, keep me. I'm a Laker for life. It happens to all of them, and I'm not too. Ups- I'm not going to be upset in either direction. I do not find uh, uh, some form of moral charm in, in, in either. Uh, I had absolutely no issue with Gary Payton and Malone and all that going to Los Angeles. I enjoyed it. I get it. It's fun to be in that locker room. I've been in that locker room. Cheeks hurt from smiling stuff. It is fun to be there. And, uh, you know, he's done it. Same has. He just, he just has. He's had the season that the Blazers are going to have next year. He's had that season before. And it's been great, and it's been fun, and it's been up, and it's down. But it's now it's time to let Chauncey Billups see if he's a real NBA coach. Because, you know, he may not be for another five years. He might stink for a while. I don't know. And Scoot's going to take some time. Because no one in this draft can shoot. And, uh... It just isn't a statement. It's not It's not a way to live. It's just a thing that happens. 
a good spot for him. That'd be good. Because they could use some players, they could use some depth, they could use some picks, they could use some help. Because they should try to win games. And uh, he should try to win games in the playoffs. And if we could figure out a way around that, I don't care what the problem is. All we have to do is listen to annoying stuff at a time when there's absolutely no basketball to watch and I miss it terribly. Like, really, really, really wanted more games in that final series. To say nothing to the fact that I just wish there were 82 games right now. Uh, no, the only people that should be angry are the aforementioned Sean Hyken <laughs> having to deal with all this junk and, uh, and the rest of them. But, uh, yeah, let's just not try to get too haughty with it. I, I, right, Tig? Because at the, there still is a finite amount of talent in this league, and it'd be nice to have it more evenly spaced around. And uh, I don't want to see a team give the old Bradley Beal try to, to uh, Dame Lillard. You know, I, I don't really want to don't don't send him to a team with a point guard already. Don't don't send him to Phoenix. Cause I don't want to see have to see Kevin Durant in a Twitter space is having to explain why he's still a top two player of all time, but he was on the team that gave up two hundred points in a game. Don't send him to don't don't be like Isaiah Thomas. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I still have the rights to Jared Jeffries, and uh... <laughs> so have fun with it, everyone. I know I will. It does seem like a cheerier time, and uh, it it very much seems wide open, except for the Bulls. They're not just no. Cats are adorable. I tell you what. Uh, consider subscribing if you've made it this long. This is a Never Too Much podcast. Uh, we'll start playing guitar along with these soon enough. We get set up in our new place. Goddamn, that came out here for birds. He already swept the sweet street. I guess there are two sides to every street. That is true. And, you know, Extreme will tell you that there are three sides to every story. Uh, but their drummer had short hair. So, you know, what do they know? Listen, I'm going to let you guys go with that Extreme fact. And uh, I love you all. And uh, stay warm because it's, it's, it's hot out there. <laughs>